got my little preacher to help me today. Okay. This is Asher. He's the next generation preacher. If I have anything to do with it. What you say?
We cannot, we cannot be padded and, and our bellies rubbed so that we can be happy. We have to grow. We have to learn. We have to search. We have to know. We have to see Jesus more clearly so we can better give Him the glory that He deserves. And unless we meet with the Holy Spirit, the third person, we will not, cannot, should not know Jesus better. Because it is not in you to know the mind of God, but it is the Spirit of God that can only search the things of God and then reveal them to us. So this morning I want to talk to you about the third person, also known as the forgotten God in many circles. This morning we will talk about Him. And we will talk about Jesus. And we'll talk about the Father. So that no one gets left out. So that we can be a balanced church that is growing in Jesus. Let me pray for us as we enter into this. I want to go ahead and tell you that, uh, as, and I thank God has a, a great sense of humor. Part of the text we're going to be reading this morning, the text of 1 Corinthians Chapter 1, verses 26 through chapter 2, verse 5. And Paul talks about, I did not come to you with overpowering or lofty speech, but I came to you in brokenness. I came to you trying to, trying to, to help you to see and, and understand the, the, the mystery of God. This, this, this thing that is hardly obtainable. This thing that is, that is so awe-inspiring that we, can't, we, we, we try to think. We, we long, the Bible says, that kings and, and angels... That they long to look on the things that you have been given insight to. Paul also says, But I did not, I did not come to you with overpowering speech, but I came in fear and trembling. And so I just told Heather before I came up here, for whatever reason, I'm probably as nervous as I've ever been, and I don't know why. There's nothing there, but I think that God is saying, I'm going to give you a taste of that. And, and, and I don't want you to think fear and trembling because of you out there. I don't mind standing in front of a crowd talking. I don't know why. But God. He didn't put that fear in me. The fear and trembling that I speak of and that Paul speaks of as well is the fear and trembling of knowing that I'm handling eternal things. Things with eternal significance that if, that if dropped or, or let go, if it is done on human will and if it is done on human expertise and knowledge could affect eternity. But like Paul, I must rest in the fact that I did not come with wisdom. I don't come with overpowering speech. I don't have to be on the money today. We just have to depend on the power of the Holy Spirit to do what He promised that He would do. And I think He's given me a taste of what that's like. So with that in mind, I want to pray. I want to pray for your weak hearts and for my weak mind. I want to pray for your weak mind and my weak heart. Because left to ourselves, we will utterly perish and fail miserably. But if the Holy Spirit were to come, and He said we will not believe, we will leave here with a knowledge that cannot be obtained. Yeah, you put that to me. I'm telling you. Hey, amen. Amen. But if God so chooses to reveal to us through the power of His Spirit, we will leave here with a wisdom that is unattainable by the minds of men. 
but it's only poured out by the Spirit of God. And that is my prayer. Church, do not be content with a good lesson. Be longing and praying and seeking power from the Holy Spirit. That's what we have to have. Settle for nothing less. Nothing less than Jesus Christ. His blood and righteousness. Pray with me, those of you that would. You too. Jesus, I pray with everything that is inside of me that you would send the Spirit in such a way that we would not be able to deny the demonstration of power that He is going to display. I prophesy to you, O Spirit, like Ezekiel was commanded to do, that you would come in and you would shake these dry bones up, that you would do a work in here that cannot be done by dead souls because they are dead and can do nothing. I pray that you would come, Spirit. I'm calling to you to do what you have proclaimed that you would do. I, I call, taking advantage of the promises that you have promised, that you would take out our heart of stone and replace it with a heart of flesh. I know this is not of us. I know that we cannot do this. I know that we would turn and walk away if left and abandoned. I know, God, that there is none righteous, no, not one. I know that there is nothing good in me that I would seek the truth. I know that, that, that in my life, in my flesh, there is no righteousness, but I do know that you will set me free from this body of death. And so we call out to you, Jesus. We call out, Father, that it would be in your will, that it would be part of your plan, that you would have from the foundations of the world called us to righteousness, the imparted righteousness of your Son. And I pray, Jesus, that your work would be effective in our life. Spirit, please, quicken us to see and have ears and have eyes to see so that we would be able to bow down low. Would you do your work today? We give this service to you. We give our words. We give our ears. We give our eyes. We give our kids. We give everything we have. Because you are worthy. Keep us from holding back. Please, God, keep us from holding back. Because if you don't, we will. In Jesus' name. Amen. He's going to be up here with just, just another minute because I've got a point in my left arm of getting one workout. See, it's humongous. The first thing I want to share with you today after I read the scripture is the fact that you cannot have the credit. You cannot have the credit because you are foolish and powerless. You see, today we're going to be talking about the third person and the work that he does. And as I read the scriptures, the question will be, who gets the credit for the good things that happen in our lives? Who gets the credit for the very salvation that we enjoy? Who gets the credit for being washed in the blood and able to do anything good whatsoever? Who gets the credit? Do we stand with our chest poked out saying, yeah, my life has changed. When are you going to change? That's an evangelism technique that fails every time. Kind of change you got in your life. You need to, you need to wake up, son. You need, to, you need to realize. You need to be more like me. We call people to be more like Christ. Knowing that we fail, we need to be more like Christ. So today I'm going to ask the question who gets the credit? Listen as I read the scriptures 1 Corinthians 1 26 through 2 5. And I changed that up uh, for Heather and Faith Bulletin. I changed it up after. That God changed my mind. Listen to what he says. 
For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of Him, because of Him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony or mystery of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and trembling, much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That you, that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. You see, God is orchestrating things in a certain way, not only so that it would be done, but so that it would be done with a certain attitude. Not only that it would come about, but it would come about like He wanted it to come about. You see, so many people tell me so often, Brandon, you've got to understand the lifestyle that I'm living. You've got to understand the sin that is heaped up on me. And it may not even be the sins that they commit necessarily. It may be the sins that's been committed against them. I've been hurt by the church. I, I, there are so many hypocrites. They look down on me. They judge me. They don't do church like I think that they should do church. They have different music than I think they should. They don't read this type of translation of a Bible. They don't read this. They don't read that. They don't wear this. They don't wear that. They don't do all these things for me that I need to They don't meet my standards. Or I don't meet their standards. Whose standard are we going by? What is the standard by which we examine ourselves and the people that are surrounding us? Who says who's good enough to do ministry? Who says you're not? Because the truth of the matter is none of us are. I saw a post the other day I thought was pretty funny. It said, saying I'm not going to go to church because there's hypocrites in the church. It's like saying I'm not going to the gym because there's out of state people at the gym. Of course there are hypocrites in the church. Of course you're a sinner. Of course they are sinners. So, the first point. You cannot have the credit because you are foolish and powerless. The first sub point is, let's face it, you guys are pretty jacked up. Let's face it, you guys are pretty jacked up. I'll tell you what, any perfect person in the room, please raise your hand now. That's exactly what I thought. Because there is none righteous, no, not one. There is nothing that you can offer to God. There is nothing that you can do that would cause Him to long for you. He longs for you and loves you because of the love that is in Him toward you, not because of something that you deserve. There is nothing good in us that would, that would call to Him. There is nothing that He needs. He doesn't need anything from us. There's nothing that we can offer Him that He doesn't already have. 
You see, we're, we are completely powerless. Let's face it, we are all jacked up, and that's me too. We don't know what we should know. We don't know that we should want what we should want. That's why Paul himself says, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do, I do. Woe is me. Who will set me free from this body of death? It's kind of like Asher, and that's why he's here right now. Asher doesn't know much of anything. I'm sorry, it's the truth. You can't have my mic, it's not your toy. But I want your mic. <laughs> you see, he doesn't know that, that, he, that he needs, to, that he needs to, to take his spoon, go to the refrigerator, get some food, go to the cabinet, get some food, take the top off, take his spoon, dip it down in and put it in his mouth. Now he knows he's got a need, and how does he let me know he's got a need? He can't say, Father, I am in need of some nutritional, nutritional products that would do me well. No, he goes, ah! Is that right? I, in all of my great wisdom, yeah, he does that. Mm. No, he just ate is why he's doing that. I, in all of my great wisdom, sarcasm there, have to interpret and see what he needs and provide it for him. Let me ask one question. What would happen to this guy, you, what would happen to this guy if I were to just take him and sit him down and walk away? What would happen? Huh? What would happen? He wouldn't make it. He wouldn't make it. He wouldn't make it long at all. He would either come under attack, he would do something crazy and hurt himself, end his own life. You say, what are you talking about, Brandon? We're just on the bed. He's always shooting for the edge. I'm like, this baby suicide. Don't do it. You know, I'm calling for him, don't do it. And I'm jumping across the bed, grabbing a leg, and he thinks it's a game, so he's headed for the edge again. I'm like, no. Point being, he doesn't know how to fend for himself. He is jacked up, so to speak, just like you are. You think you got it together. And he, if I set him down right here and walked away at this point, he'd be like, eh, and start going that way. Out of care in the world. Grabbing electrical wires, chewing on them. He doesn't know that's going to hurt you. If God was to leave us alone, if he left us to ourselves, there's nothing in us that would know what we even wanted or what we needed to do that we might do it. You understand that you're absolutely powerful, powerless. Listen to what the text says. And we could go on back up, and I, I, I was trying to figure out how much to share and how much not to. But listen to what it says. For consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. You weren't even wise according to worldly standards, much less God's. You hear what he says? And Paul is very just gracious. <laughs> what he's saying is, you guys are kind of dumb even when it comes to worldly stuff. <laughs> I'm just reading the Bible. He says, not many of you were wise according to even worldly standards. That's what he says. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Do you see what God is doing? He is making it impossible for you to get the credit. There's a reason why I'm telling you this. You can come on up and get him, babe. 
I want you to take one more look as she's coming. This guy right here needs me. He doesn't want me. He wants me sometimes too. But he needs me, and he needs his mommy. And he needs his boppy. There is nothing in him that would even allow him. You need to understand. He does not have the ability to become what he needs to become. He does not own. He does not have what he needs in order to survive. Those of you who think that you're going to figure it out, that you just got a few things to sort out, that you just need a little more time to get your mind right, you are wrong. You can search the depths of your soul. You can search the depths of your mind. You can search every book. You can search every page without the movement of the Spirit of God coming to you and doing for you what you cannot do. You will die. Can I get an amen? I mean, I hate to call for them, but come on, I need a little help. We have got to give ourselves over to Christ and over to Christ every single day. Listen to this point. If you are in a low spot or if you have crumbled, then you are in a perfect place to be put together. If you are in a low spot or if you have crumbled beneath the weight of the world, then you are in a perfect spot, a perfect place to be put together. So many times I have people come to me and say, Brennan, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I'm all broken. Nobody wants me. Nobody has a place for me to go. Churches look down on me. People look down on me. They turn their nose up at me and I say, welcome. Because I would rather have a broken sinner than a self-righteous genius. You think you're too low for God? You may just be finally ready to be used by God. Those that think too highly of themselves cannot be used. Not the way that they think that they can anyway. God has chosen the lowly to shame those that are high and lofty. If you're in a low spot, then we are perfect. Stay with me. Stay with me if you feel as if you are broken. If you feel that this message is not for you, that you've got it all together, then it is more for you than anybody I could possibly imagine because you have fooled yourself. You are in a dangerous spot and you need to wake up. He chose you in this place for a reason. You have no ground to boast or brag. Listen to what the text says. It says, but God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Do you hear what he's saying here? Do you hear what he's saying? He did things like this so that. He did things like this for the purpose of. He did things like this for a reason. Does God desire to be glorified? Does he? Let's go. Yes, he does. Does he desire his son, Jesus Christ, to be glorified, his name above every name? How is he going to do that? Is he going to find really smart people to do what smart people do and to figure out a way? 
You see, he doesn't need men. He doesn't need women. He doesn't need anything. He has got something that he's going to do, and he is looking for somebody that would like to play. He is looking for somebody that would like to be used. You see, you come to God with your hands filled up full, and this is, this is it right here. You come to God and you say, God, look, I think I got a plan. I think I got a plan, God. Look here. Look what I got. I got $4.50. What do you think we can get? And God's like, I got a thousand cows on a thousand hills. I got a thousand Cadillacs and a thousand garages. Put your money up, son. You think God needs your genius potential? You think that God needs you to learn a lot more before he can use you? Come on, that's an insult to God. God is looking for you to come broken to the altar in your seat where you are in brokenness. That's what he's longing for. A broken and contrite spirit he will not cast aside. He is looking for you to say, God, I have nothing. Please give me something. He is looking for you to long for him because then you are ready to receive the powerful gifts of God. And that's what Paul is saying is, I did not come to you with lofty and overpowering speech like I'm somebody because that would do no good. I have nothing to offer God. I have no oratory power that I might come and say, believe my child. And all of a sudden you go, I believe. But he says, I came just to tell you about Jesus. Now, please don't hear me saying that, that Paul is saying you should try to be stupid so that God would look good. No. God desires for us to be good stewards of our time, of our brains. You know, this can be taken to an extreme. I've heard people say, well, God doesn't need a sharp axe to chop down a tree. He can do it with a dull axe. Yeah, he can kill 3,000 people with the jawbone of a donkey too. I'd rather be a sharp axe. God can use sharp axes. I'm not telling you to be stupid. I'm just telling you to be broken, to be submissive, not to be prideful. Over and over and over again it says God opposes the proud, but he what? Gives grace to the humble. It's not about you. You cannot get credit. And that's what he says. He said, God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. Listen to this verse right here. You need to pay attention as you read your Bible. I want you to become sharp because if God can chop down a tree with a dull axe, just imagine what he can do with a sharp axe. And that's biblical because God says in his word, to those that are good and those that are responsible and those that use rightly a little, what is he going to do? He's going to give them a lot. He's wanting to heap on you all of these blessings. And some of us say, I have no blessings. I am, I am in shambles in my faith and I don't know where to go and I have no confidence and I have no, I have no, I have no. What have you done with what you've got? Do you use what you have? You think he's going to give you more if you don't use well what you have? Stop sinning. Start reading your Bibles. Every day, get in your Bibles and say, God, that's what you do. You come to the altar, you say, God, I have nothing. You sit in your seat wherever, you say, I have nothing. I need something. God says, I know you have nothing. That's why Jesus came, so I can give you something. Now, here is some right here. What you going to do? Seek me, seek my power, seek my will. I will show you where to go. I will show you how to use it, and I will multiply the gifts in your hand. And many of you automatically assume that I'm talking about money. I could care less. It's not about money. 
You don't need the money, 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 money. Our world is driven by money. Who cares about the money? I don't want you to show me the money. I want you to show me how you can handle not having money. I want to show me, I want you to show me, I want to show myself how can I handle when suffering comes, when I lose my job. I told you last week that we should suffer well in order to glorify the king. We show people a lot more when we're hurting than when we're smiling. Now we do need to smile. We need to have joy even when we lose our job. Even when we go through the trials and the struggles and the tribulations. That is the reward. When he talks about opening up the windows of heaven and blessings pouring out, there could be some monetary blessings in there, some uh, material blessings. I'm not going to say that it's not. But I by no means think that that is the, the major blessing that God gives. As a matter of fact, I think a lot, a lot of our wealth is a straight-up curse. I need to say that again. I think money is very easily a curse because it, it so easily lords over us. You get a little money, invest a little bit, then you need a little more, and by the time you know it, you're working because you've got to have the money. You say, when we start talking about money, I don't know. The reason that we talk about money is we could talk about a million different things. You need to need God more than anything else, more than smarts, more than power, more than wisdom, more than money, more than family. You need to need God. If you don't need God, we have a problem. You see, listen to what it says here. You have no right to claim any part of this saving work uh, verse 29, listen to what verse 29 says, so that no human being might boast, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Let's read it one more time. So that no human being might boast in the presence of God. Please look at your neighbor and say, I cannot boast. Come on, that was pitiful. Look at your neighbor and say, I cannot boast. Now look at your neighbor and say, because I have nothing. Look at your neighbor again and say this one all together, and he has everything. You've got to understand that you have nothing. There is nothing that you possess that would make God feel a certain way. There is nothing that you can bring to the table in order to sway him or in, in order to push him or manipulate him into doing what you want him to do. You have nothing. You are a dead person if you don't know Christ. And those that do know Christ are at his mercy. It says, the Bible says that we were dead in our transgressions and sin, but Christ in his infinite love. You see, we were dead in our transgressions and sins, and this will be the final point here. Let me ask you now, what do dead people do? What do dead people do? What do dead people do? Nothing. There is nothing that dead people can do. You are in need. You see why you say, why do you keep saying? Why are you pushing us over? What, what is the big deal? I need for you to understand how bad you need him. Because so many times, so many of us, myself included, start to have self-confidence. We start to have self-righteousness. We start to have self-justification. We start to think that we can handle it ourselves, and we cannot. We must wholeheartedly depend and be dependent on God, on the Holy 
spirit in order to do what he has called us to do. You have no hope outside of God. If you have never been regenerated by the spirit, you cannot be redeemed by the lamb. Ooh. If you have never been regenerated by the spirit, you cannot be redeemed by the lamb. You say, what does that mean? We try to learn all that are bigger words and people say I like to stay away from those words I don't know those are too big of a word but if we are true growing Christians then we need to start the regeneration may be a new word to you it may not is distinct but not wholly distinct from other works of Christ and other works of God such as justification redemption and sanctification you say, all of those words are too big for me. You need to slow down. Okay. Regeneration is that moment in which you are renewed, that you are regenerated, that you have come into a newness that you've not known before. You see, a dead person can do what? And we're not going to get through point one, but that's okay. A dead person can do what? See, you need to be able to do something, don't you? What has God called you to do? He has called you to believe. He has called you to have faith. He has called you to step into his presence. He has called you to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. He has called you to experience the redemption offered by Christ Jesus. But if you are dead, what can you do? Can you come with longing hearts and open eyes and, 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 and clamoring and, and longing for, for, for Christ's blood to wash over you? You need eyes to see and ears to hear. You need to come into a new place. In John chapter 3, Jesus Christ is talking to Nicodemus. What does he say? He says, you must be born again. You must come into this place. You must get new eyes. You must get a new heart. You must get new ears so that you will be able to see God and so that you will be able to long for God so that you would be able to desire him and move into his presence. You see, the picture is, is that you're laying down dead. You're laying down dead, and you're, wonder, you're, you're, you're wandering in, 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 in complete darkness. You might would go to the light if you could see a glimpse of light, but you can't see. You're dead. You might would answer a call. You might would answer a call if you had ears to hear, but you have no ears. So you lay lifeless, hopeless, and dead in your transgressions and sins. And you got to understand, the work of Christ has been done. The work of Christ has been done. What other work do we need? You see why he's called the forgotten God? Because we need the work of the Holy Spirit to experience the work of Christ. We need the Holy Spirit to come to us. And like the book of Ezekiel says, to breathe that life so all of a sudden and you got to understand that regeneration and justification they are not two separate things big question about which comes first which comes first faith or new life no faith and new life come regeneration and justification are just two sides of the same coin he opens your eyes breathes in life and you go and you look and you see the glory of the King. And now you can see. Now you can long. 
And you see, this is a wonderful, wonderful truth because it takes weight off of me. Paul says, I didn't come with lofty speech and overpowering wisdom to talk you into something. I can't talk you into anything. I can't convince you to be born again. I can't do that. But I can put on the table the King of Kings being crucified. And what we need is for the Holy Spirit to open our eyes. And you say, I've heard that a million times. Has it ever affected you to this core? Has it ever touched you to the center of your being? Have you ever received the Spirit of God that you might know? I will go into this next section of Scripture because I want you to hear it. Listen to chapter 2, verse 1. Listen to what it says. And we'll talk about this some next week. Listen to what he says. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony or the mystery of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and the power that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Go on down to verse 9. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear has heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. These things, these things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in Him. Oftentimes, I am at a loss of words. Because as we, as we trudge through this life, and as a church planner, as a pastor, as a Bible teacher, I continually seek God in, in this way. God, what can I do? What can I say? How can I present the gospel, the true gospel of Jesus Christ, the only, the only one and only unique Son of God who was crucified on a cross for, for the redemption of many? How can I show them this jewel? And my heart breaks and I cry because I don't know how to show you this thing. I don't know how to explain it to you. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know, I don't know how to get it across because my words fail. And I really, I don't. And this is just coming out of my heart now. I don't. I'm a human being. I'm just broken. And, I, and oftentimes I search my own soul and I find the inadequacies that are overwhelming to me. And God whispers, you don't get the credit either. So you don't have to bear that burden. See, if I stand before you as someone who's got the gift of tongues but have not love, it's nothing at all. It's a clanging gong. But if I was to pro proclaim to you the power of God and the cross and the Holy Spirit then done His work, came to do His work, and you felt it welling up in your soul, 
and you feel your palms getting sweaty and your heart's beating in your chest and you know that I don't know what he's saying but I'm feeling a certain kind of way it is not me it is not you but it is God the Spirit calling to a dead soul to come alive as the lights go down and as we all stand to our feet I want you to ask yourself a question today and you know what the altar will be open but you can do business with God in your seat I would ask who among you is feeling the Spirit of God and, and at this time in the service and we're gonna we're gonna continue and if you want to hear more about this we're gonna get a little bit deeper next week we're gonna talk about this a little bit more next week kind of rushed for time today because of the baby dedication but I want you to cry out to God this week I want you to talk to the Holy Spirit I want you to tell him what you're feeling I want you to tell him the questions that you have I want you to ask I want you to seek him I want you to ask what is it that I need what is it that I'm missing because I promise you you can't see it you see, the Bible says that, that only the spirit of a person knows that person's thoughts. Likewise, only the spirit of God can search the depths of God. And it is that spirit that's been put inside of you. So you need to ask, Spirit, would you show me? Would you show me? That's what the book of James says. If any of you lack wisdom, ask and it will be given to you. Why? It's because he's not hiding. And as we end this service, as we come to an end I would pray that the Holy Spirit is doing his work now I call out to the Holy Spirit that he would do in you what I cannot do and what you cannot do for yourself Ephesians 2 8 and 9 says that salvation is by grace through faith but that is not even of yourselves but is a gift of God Holy Spirit, would you come and do a work that we cannot come? Would you convict hearts in here right now to understand things that they could otherwise not understand? Lord, for those that have never come to know you, would they be drawn to you in a way that they cannot deny right now? God, that, they would, that they would run to the altar, that they would run to your throne, that they would run to get on their knees so that they might be changed. God, for those of us who have already been born into the family of God, but we've turned and looked away, I pray, God, that your voice would be so loud that it would silence the world. I pray, God, that you would be so astonishingly beautiful and, 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 and poetic and wonderful that we would be captured by your voice.